Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Chris Lear, Tom Spence and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing Google-proof puzzles. Nick... Um, what? What are we talk? What? What's going on? Quite a long time ago, I used to take part in pub quizzes mm. when I was younger. Didn't have kids and that sort of thing. Mm. There was a pub quiz up at the Prince of Wales in Highgate, which was famous for being one of the hardest pub quizzes in London. And and um, uh, we'd always come like second or third. And once ever we came first. But that was a really that was a that was a day of revelry. Who was on your team? It's usually me and my dad and my dad's like journalist friends Brilliant. who had normally very good. But the day we won, actually, had a friend of mine who's a history of art person and they were able to fill some gaps uh, in the knowledge. So you had so the breadth of it the was, journalists and the depth yeah, was, in that one thing. Exactly, Sorry, yeah. On. So it was, it was um, but it, but it, the I, I actually haven't done pub quiz in a long time, but a few weeks ago I was, uh, met up with some friends of mine in uh, Stoke Newington and the pub we were in, they happened to be starting a pub quiz. Um, we didn't hang around for it, but I did manage to get hold of some of the questions because I was interested to see what pub quizzes look like now. And um, clearly the nature of the pub quiz has, has changed quite a lot. And, and of course, the major driver is the ready availability of all the world's knowledge in your mobile phone. But are you talking about just, are we talking about dishonesty here? Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about how it's easier? Well, here's the question. Or, yeah, go on. How do you make a pub quiz immune to being Googleable? But do you mean in the moments and people to stop people cheating? Is that what you mean? You're you're saying that using your phone to look things up is cheating. <clears throat> I, I mean, okay, fair enough. If you call that cheating, which it would be if you said, right, this is a this is a phone no phone pub quiz, then obviously it would be cheating. But what I'm saying is, given how hard it is to enforce that, what would be really good is if we can uh, create quizzes that are. Yeah. Okay. So I just I, no, but seriously, I just wanted to clarify because I was wondering if you, for a moment, you were talking about there how in terms of setting quizzes, there's that because there's so much because inf information is so accessible now, is that um, it's either too difficult or or the kind of information that's accessible. Right. Is so the thing is, you could say it would be good to be able to say, well, you can use your mobile phone if you like, but it won't help you. Right. So and, and the other and of course the the other reason that. Mr. Lear is with us, mm. apart from being generally ace, yeah. uh, is that he is one of the uh, team who produced the Magpie crossword puzzle uh, magazine, which is famously extremely hard. Mm. Um, and But at the same time, can, it certainly cannot, is, is completely invulnerable, really, to Googling. At least most of solving a puzzle will not, you, you Google will not help you. Yeah. Um, so, Chambers uh, how, might, though. <clears throat> sorry? Chambers might. Yeah, yeah. Access to a dictionary mm. is helpful, but so so anyway, I thought he might have some views on you know what whether or not whether or not Google has um, has changed the way that crosswords are set and the kinds of things that uh, you can ask people. But yeah, there we are. How? And, but but I think it might be interesting to delve into why some things are easily Googled and other things aren't. Chris, your moment. Okay, well I'll start with I'll start with things that are hard to Google. How about that? Yeah. So things are hard to go. This would be the quiz rounds that I would do if I was putting on a quiz and I wanted it, I wanted to say, you can use your phone as much as you like, couldn't care less, um, go go for it. I would do a, a smell round. <laughs> that would be how I'd start. 
I'd do a smell round, and then I'd do a sounds round. Because although uh, apps are getting good at recognising sounds now, they're still not as good as they are recognising text. And then I might do a pictures round, where I give people a bit of paper and they have to recognise the uh, things. I think those would be the rounds to make it hard to Google. And the other things I would do is I would make questions have some sort of intersection. Um, so I'd ask a question like, what links... I came up with one actually. What links um, what what link what links the writer of Lolita with um, the dude from uh, the Big Lebowski from the Big Lebowski? Hmm. Hmm. So it's Nabokov yeah. and the dude. What links? And if I said now, and I'm just going to give one one bit of information. If I said it's a cocktail. You might get it. Oh, the White Russian. White Russian. Ah. Uh, you see, now, and what, what we're doing there is that, you, yeah, it's white, because uh, Nabokov's White Russian. Yeah. Emigrate, and um, obviously that, that cocktail is the dude's cocktail. And uh, so that what that demonstrates is that something you kind of, you, as soon as you're given that one bit of extra information, you can get it. It's a and great, actually, great question. If you were to... Google it, you would get it with that extra bit of information about the cocktail, and that's how that's actually how um, you that's how you can both Google proof a quiz question and make a make a question sort of you can make a, a quiz problem become easier by just adding little bits of extra information, which actually make it more Googleable and make it sort of more answerable. It's like code breaking. The more it's, there is, it's, it's code breaking. You give yeah. you give people you give people information incrementally and uh, and in magpie crosswords which nick mentioned he said they are google proof they're not actually hmm. <coughs> um google is now or a search engine let's let's be sort of BB, let's be B bbc about it available. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> it used to be the case that you were expected to be able to solve a crossword using a dictionary and what was known as a standard reference bookshelf. There was this, there was this, there was this idea of a standard reference bookshelf. The British standard bookshelf. And a, and a standard reference bookshelf would include the complete works of Shakespeare. Mm. Um, and it might include a lot of classic novels and, a, and some Greek myth and things like that. And it would include Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase, phrase and Fable and certain sort of, sort of uh, um, big ones. But then everything else you expect to either know because it's general knowledge, and or it's or you can look it up on one of those. And nowadays that's out of the window. And the Magpie was one of the first magazines to introduce a thing called the research warning, which seems really quaint. <laughs> <laughs> Where we'd put a badge on the puzzle saying, "This cannot be solved using your." bookshelf <laughs> um, the research warning meant basically you got to google this and it's now more or less all the uh, people setting the puzzles are allowed to use any theme they like on the grounds that people can find out any fact they like anything and it's it is the case there's nothing which um is too obscure so so that's been liberating in a way hugely <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Well, for me, because especially because I never had any general knowledge, so 
um, I only ever looked everything up. So all these people but who... But didn't are, you accumulate any knowledge from looking stuff up? Or, or did you just forget it once you've done the quiz, set the quiz? No, if people ask me a question now and I know the answer, it's because there's been a crossword on it. <laughs> but, you know, you can't... Okay. A lot of people knew the answers before they started crosswords. I'm the other way around. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, keep going. What were there, I said you were still answering a question there, no? That's it, really. I, I, um, I mean, that's kind of what, what I had to say, that, that the crosswords are designed. They're, they're designed such that you get given the information you need to research the theme, but at the rate which is appropriate. And occasionally, um, people can fast-track to a solution by, by, by using some bit of information. And on the whole, they feel a bit let down if they've got there too fast mm. by, by knowing something too early. A good puzzle setter gives you the information uh, sequentially in the puzzle, such that as you're solving it, you get a bit more and a bit more and a bit more, and a then finally trail. a breadcrumb trail, yeah, to follow, and um, and finally you've got enough that you can Google effectively and go straight to the point. Bam. Sure, but you and also feel like you've achieved something getting to the point where you can Google. Yes. You feel like you you feel like you've been given the correct search terms and you get it and you're happy, and especially you're happy if before that you've been flailing around searching for something adjacent but not quite right, but you but you know you haven't done the work to get the the, the correct information yet, and then by the end you've got it all and then you're in. Okay, that that's a good a good puzzle ending. Yeah. Can I, I can I talk about one? I mean, this will go out after the. You can. After the solutions have been published you can but just to put some flesh on this yeah. bone so the uh one of the puzzles which um uh, appeared in the last magpie at the yes. time of recording um gives you uh gives you you've got standard cryptic clues which are not easy to solve but assuming you can do that it doesn't tell you where to put them in the grid <clears throat> so you, you yeah. they could they could appear in, in somewhere in a row for example sure. but but they can appear anywhere in that row, and in fact, they wrap round. Okay. So you've got to solve that first, um, and You're then fiendish, and then you definitely. and then there are two entries hidden in there, two clues in there, yeah. where, uh, or, or two entries rather, two words that appear in that, which are which tell you something about a building, and um, it turns out that uh, if you anagramize those building yeah. that, that that those words, you end up with a phrase that appears on the building, but that's all you get. So you've got to work. You definitely won't be able to Google it by searching buildings. Did you personally you say to, this one, by the way? No, no, no. Okay. no you, so you've got. So you've, once you've done that, then you have to start finding hidden words and coloring, coloring in things until the grid has a pattern on it, which is the same as the pattern that appears on the roof of this building. But the point is that, uh, and the whole puzzle is called piece de resistance, which. Um, it's kind of, I mean, it's as with all these things. When you know what the when you know what the answer is, uh, it it sort of you can see the link. But the point is that you can't backwards engineer from from the the clues you've been given without working through all of those all of those elements of the. I've got um, you know a little side hustle for you. So we'll come on to this in a second. But a little side hustle for you, Chris. Okay, if you if you, you should be doing this already, but if you were, you wouldn't be able to tell me, right? Which is, you should be a recruiter. Uh, for GCHQ, right? That's who. That, and look, the way he's looking, he's. I've already sort of stumbled across something there. And I'm famously, of course, uh, code breakers and so on were drawn from, wasn't it? A puzzle. Um, 
crossword puzzles and solving them and so on. So I hope you're I hope you're getting commission on sort of on, that you're a recruiter for GCHQ. That's we, my are we going to have to I cut can't this. talk about that right. uh, yeah. <laughs> about that aspect of my career. No, yeah. it's it, it is uh, it's it's true that a lot of crossworders. Um, have have nostalgia for the good old days when you could solve the telegraph crossword and get um, recruited by the <laughs> by 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 some amazing spy network. Mm. But in fact, nowadays you've got to be a mathematician, unfortunately. Right, <laughs> being being good at crosswords doesn't doesn't doesn't, help, doesn't cut it anymore. But yeah. there must be quite a so lot. So they haven't been coming to. I have never been uh, recruited by the it, by GCHQ. <laughs> But, but it just sounds like you've just called all crossworders bad at maths. That's what it sounds like to me. No, a lot of crossworders are good at maths, and there are quite a lot of uh, G GCHQ employees who are quite good at crosswords. But unfortunately, it, being good at crosswords isn't 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 adequate. On it's its perhaps own necessary, but not sufficient. It's, uh, yeah, being... it's no longer um, it's it's no longer going to just land you the job. So, which makes me think two things. First of all, um, when you were talking about the that those clues, mm. that I, I mean, what kind of person? wants to engage with that, okay? I think it's quite an unusual kind of person, okay? Sensible, yeah, the three of us. All three of you? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Um, uh, three, three, three quarters of this room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, but We've got what? sample I'm bias gonna, here. It's a completely... <laughs> Do you very, think? Chris <laughs> published that and Nick and I both solved it. <laughs> We've got extreme oh, sample bias yes. because the number of people in the world um, is under 300. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've one percent of all magpie subscribers are in this room yeah. now. It shows you why I shouldn't be doing that because I said it was 10. percent um, But also, it makes me think that uh, it's a bit like when people talk about uh, IQ tests, and this person got a really IQ, high IQ. That one of the things that they say, well, doesn't mean anything other than they're good at IQ tests. Um, are you but, asking whether crosswords is a tr is a transferable skill? Yeah, well, yeah, that maybe just people who do crosswords are only good for doing crosswords. Yeah, no, that, that, I think that's more or less true. Mm. It doesn't make you better at washing up or growing potatoes. We mm -hmm. have done a podcast about that before, so I wouldn't mind steering us back yeah. onto the thing of, and, and I think just I want to talk about how Google works. Yes. And the answer is actually no one knows. Google won't tell you. They won't tell you exactly how Google works. Um, however, from what I can tell, it works like this. First of all, Google tries to visit every website in the world that it's allowed to look at. So it does that by following links to websites. That's all it does. It just it, do, it, it doesn't have some big repository. It just finds them because it links to a website which links to other websites and gradually it, it visits every website in the world. And then it um, the best way, well, basically think of it like this. It looks at all the words on every website and if you imagine a great big load of rows, which are which are all the websites in the world, mm. and a great big load of columns, which are all the words, mm. and there's a little X if a given website contains a word, mm. that is not exactly how it works. But if you think of it that way, you'll get a sense of what how it how Google does what it's meant to do. So when you search for a word, Google can just look down the column and find all the websites with that word. When you search for five words, it can just look down the columns for those five words and find the websites that have all of those five words and then does something proprietary and complicated sure. to rank them and show you which one you, it yep. thinks you're most interested in. And then it shows you the ones that it's paid to show you, etc. But the point is that that's more or less what it does. So if you these things that are ungoogleable fall into some several categories. First of all, because they're not words, because they're smells. Or they're 
or their pictures that don't appear anywhere. Obviously, Google does have a reverse image search, although in practice it would be very difficult to reverse image search a, a kind of bad photocopy or something. Um, so first of all, because they're not words. But secondly, uh, if there isn't a website which links all of those words together. So this goes back to Chris's uh, example of um, what links uh, the dude from The Big Lebowski and uh, Vladimir Nabokov, um, is that there are websites that link white Russian to both of those. You can say, you'll find out that Nabokov was a white Russian. Yeah. You'll find out that the dude likes white Russians. Yeah. But unless you know the white Russian bit, yeah. that's the only thing that, that, that puts those websites in the same set. So that's what you're trying to find. You can't, there isn't a website which already links those two together. That's, so that's why that's Google proof. Those kinds of what's the missing association between the, these these concepts? Those kinds of questions they can't be Googled because web, there isn't a website which has all of them at once. I, I came up with my own actually. Do you want to have a go? I, I, I'm mad for it. Personally. So what actor <laughs> what actor links Tom Hanks with Cab Calloway? Don't know who, who Cab Calloway is. He was the guy, so, the Minnie the Moocher guy. So um, I, will, I will give you a clue and tell you it is uh, an actor. So we're basically looking for an actor who Tom Hanks has been in the same film as and Cab Calloway has been Tom in the Hanks. same film. Tom Hanks has been in the same film as and Cab Calloway has been in the same film as. Well, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to take a stab here and say it's going to be a Blues Brothers thing. Um, and nice. it's going to be either James, so I'm going to say James Belushi or Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, but both, both good. But no, it's, I don't, I don't think. Tom Hanks has, has Tom Hanks been in a film with Dan Aykroyd. Don't I'm not sure. So. The aunt, my well, could answer be, was, it could be Carrie. What's her face? It's actually John John Candy. Although um, I, you're, there may be other answers, and that brings me on to yeah. one of the things, one of the problems, which is that it's very hard to demonstrate uniqueness, mm. isn't it? And I don't know how you do it in crosswords, but um, for example, why is well, they're both men, not an acceptable answer to what links Vladimir Nabokov and yeah. the dude. Or any number of things. So I think this almost puts a second question on top of our first one. First, how do you make a, a question ungoogleable? Then how do you make a question that is both a good question mm. and ungoogleable? So, for example, smells has the challenge that some things smell very similar. Yeah. You know, mm. Can you definitively say this this thing that you have smelled is the smell of X? Unless mustard, you're actually smelling wasabi. a pot of mustard, for example. But even then, it could be could it be wasabi? Yeah, um, and uh, I think the same goes for the links. Now, that's not to say this kind of question can never be good. I used to do a pub quiz in Tufnell Park, the Tufnell Park Tavern, where it's quite a tough quiz that one. Is you, that a joke? Been to it? That was a joke. Oh, okay. That is really bad. It was bad. quite a tough quiz because the... Um, it's quite a tough null quiz. Yeah. That was another joke. Sorry, go on. Um, the, there was a picture round and the ninth picture in the picture round would always be something really ambiguous. I remember one week it was a photo of an egg and the answer was pigeon egg. If you didn't say pigeon, you were wrong. <laughs> another week it was a awesome. black and white grainy photo of a glass with some liquid in it. The answer was carrot juice. Um, but there's going to be a linkage, isn't there? Isn't there going to be no. some way in which, we, we, just, if you've got the no. rest right, you know that there's some kind of no? We, are they just we, being annoying? We got the pigeon egg one by pure chance, and it was wow. the first time I had ever been in that pub and seen someone get the ninth picture round. Um, so you know, as a gimmick, 
it can work in in moderation, but you couldn't make a whole quiz with that. Yeah, but it yeah, definitely it makes actually, it Google proof in that instance. Exactly. But I, I think this is uh, one of the things that is sort of machine proof in general. Actually, is is this uh, these sort of one way encryption processes. Um, which are also related to um, on Google, or actually even making things immune from machine learning attacks, is if you're able to take things which can only, you, you have to kind of know the input before you can work out the output, for example. So from this picture of the pigeon egg, um, you, it'd be very hard to look at it and go, that's a pigeon egg. But if you if you started with the thought of a pigeon egg, you'd be able to recognize yeah, it. Kind of I many don't think many to one encodings. Exactly. But I don't think that's, and I feel like, What's great about the white Russian example is it feels it feels like that. It feels like if you light upon the white Russian, it feels very clearly like the key which brings together those two concepts in a way where you just know. You can get the answer and feel, I have got this right. Yeah. Whereas you're never going to write down pigeon egg and say, I am confident yeah. that I'm getting <laughs> this point. Yeah, this is dead. And but but also it doesn't sound very satisfying, the pigeon egg. Oh, it was very satisfying when we got it. How did you get it, Get the pigeon egg specifically? Well, we thought it's not going to be an egg. And we thought, let's let's guess an unusual type of egg. Guess so, a pigeon. So it, it can't have been that satisfying because you guessed it. No, but... but although, how, who am I to deny we, your emotions in that moment? We've been going to this quiz for months and we'd never managed to guess one of the ninth pictures correctly. Fair enough. And no Fair one enough. else had either. And there's a type of quiz question, actually, where, where, where um, satisfying guessing is is kind of the point of it. Especially when, if you have a, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try one on you. So I, I looked up a fact which is not Googleable. I tried to find a fact which is not, not Googleable. How, did you so how can up? you look it up but not Google it? But anyway, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Mm. So, I want you, so there's a guy called Marcel Jacobs, and he got two gold, gold medals in the 2020 Olympics. That was for um, the 100 metres and the 4 by 100 metres um, relay how much time did he spend running to the nearest half second what did you say it was for the hundred meters hundred and meters the, and the and the and the, and four, the four by, by 100, 100 meters relay, relay. So so got, two gold medals how much time do you spend do you spend earning those two gold it's going to be about uh 19 seconds can i so. just ask if this includes heat of course it does yes it's ah, the Olymp- it's the olympics Fraser's no, <laughs> already made his guess he can't no no that was no that was just asking no, I, I did make my guess. Seven, 70.8 seconds. But you didn't give enough information in the question. No, I've given the inf- well, well, hold on. You're, you're, already, you're already complaining about the answer before. He, he gave enough information see, for me to get it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you don't know well, you're right you got, yet. Uh, I'm going to go with 67.4. Oh, that's not fair. You've just gone just no, but, below but, mine. Well, no, but see, also, by the way, just say, even if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm annoyed now, um, even if I'm wrong. I'll tell you what, Fraser, I'll give you, I'll give you multiple choice. You see, because the multiple choice questions is another is another way of making questions which aren't Googleable, but which are satisfying because you kind of feel like, oh, it's probably this. Okay, I'll give you multiple choice. But before you do, all right. Let's say, even though you may or may not have understood that element of it, right? Um, you could still be wrong. Yeah. And definitely. if you're wrong, you're as wrong as I am. 
if I'm wrong. Well, no, it's because a numerical like, you're question. Wrong or there's, not. there's definitely, you know, degrees of wrongness. I could be closer than you. No, but would you get a mark for this? Um, depends no. on the quiz master. Fraser, what if it turns does out you get a mark? Does what he, if it turns he, out Fraser's right? Is he going to apply this same degree of rigor to his own? If Fraser's I, off by I half just said a to the nearest yeah. half second, you see, and I, I thought it was only fair to give to give a multiple choice. Go on, then. Let, <laughs> hit us with the multiple because choice. Because the nearest half second is pretty harsh. If you if you can just, I'm going to just compel people to go for the multiple choice closest to what they said. Give All us right. the three options. Or so the multiple choice is is going to be. 39.5 seconds. Right. 47.5 seconds. Uh, 58.5 seconds. Or 65.5 seconds. Well, to Tom and I are both going for the last one. Fraser is going for the first one. Is he? What's the answer? Yeah, what, he what said if, 19. Who so made you deputy... King uh, yeah, 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 no, can, yeah, yeah, off you go, Fraser. Just pick, pick, make your yeah, pick. Take you, your pick. Stop ganging up on me, you two. Um, so... Um, I forgot what the question was. It doesn't oh matter. Pick one of those numbers. <laughs> the, the point is... Fraser, you're auditioned for our pub oh, quiz. Oh, you're so close. If only you'd gone for 47 and a half seconds. 47 and a half seconds. So two, two gold medals for 47 and a half seconds work. I think that's pretty... I think that's... It's like... It's quite a cool fact. And um, it's the kind of thing where... If I you, think he worked more than 47 and a half seconds. But anyway... Can't, can't prove that. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Yes, I can. there were three. He ran three times in the hundred meters and twice in the in the in the relay. See, so that's it. Um, so in total, he did um, whatever five hundred. Why is that but, okay? I no, get. Is I it get, is it a? It, why isn't that Google? Yeah, yeah. Because well, I, cause the you'd reason have to it isn't Google the information is because uh, well, it is kind of Googleable. Ah. But, but the but the reason it isn't Googleable is I had to do I had to do some sums and the his split time in the heat I couldn't find at all. So I've just taken his split time in the final for the for the four by 100 and I've duplicated it and that and then rounded it so uh, so it's not Google because because people don't actually care how long he spent in no one cares about the heats no one cares about they just know how much he's how long he spent in the final I like that and that, but, this is a bit like so so another category is is things that are laborious but also and Nick, time constraint laborious and pointless so nobody's worked out how yeah, to do but it also and there isn't, it go, and you have to do it yourself because why would you ever want that information unless it's for, to win a to get an answer in a quiz? Well, so that's that the whole it, point of trivia. Yeah. You know, you don't want the information except to answer the quiz. Yeah. And then the the interesting thing to me is when are you when do you afterwards think? Well, I'm glad I know that, or I'm glad I found that out. Sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. And it's 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 uh, that's the that's the tough tough one because if you get something, if you ask someone a question where they a can't work it out and b couldn't care less. So something like, you know, what is the weight of the Empire State Building mm -hmm. in pounds or something? Well, no one cares. So they're just going to make something up. And then if you give them multiple choice, they're still not going to care. Mm. Um, because it, it's, it's, it's just too far removed from anything mm. you can think about. Uh, and then they won't remember and, and won't be bothered. But, it, but if you can get it where it's... Uh, where afterwards you think, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like the gold question, which always blows my mind. Go on. Well, if you took all the gold that's ever been mined and you put it into a cube, what would be the length of the side of one of those of the cube? You what need to start doing, doing something. Uh, it's, I, I've Hang on. heard this before, it'll so be, I won't say. Yeah. It'll be about as big as this room would be my guess. So I'm going to say about uh, the cube. It's all the gold be about, that's ever been mined? Yeah, ever been what, mined. And what Ten do you reckon, Fraser? Wait, you thought, and what's, what's the, what, in a cube, what's one side? Yeah, you only need one side to know what the rest of the cube looks like. Don't be smart. <laughs> Don't be. No, but I was but just insta, I just want go have a crack, have a guess. Uh, twenty meters. 
Yeah. Pretty much that. I mean, I can't remember the exact figure, but it's yes. not what it isn't. Is a, a kilometre or so something. I was out. I was out by. Um, yeah, I was out. Yeah, you're. By you're a I mean, you're close. The point is, we should four. be thinking in terms of. Okay, it's the size of this room. A block of gold, the size of this room, or maybe twice the size. Mental. Um, you were out by a factor of about a hundred percent. Anyway, um, thanks, Tom. Is a what? What is the? How are we doing for time, Fraser? Because I, I think this has been really interesting. We've covered quite a few ways you can Google proof your quiz. I think um, we haven't talked about sort of. Um, well, we have talked a bit about uh, about these kind of one way processes, but there was quite an interesting example I saw in this pub quiz, which I looked at. So I looked at the questions, and they had this thing where they they asked they fed phrases into an a AI image generator. And you had to work I love out the what the thought of feed, feeding phrases into oh, AI images. No, that it was great. phrases. Sadly. Um, so you know, it would be like a Rolling Stone gathers no moss, and it, and it would be a very impressionistic sort of picture of that. Where if you kind of got it right, it would kind of make sense. So I thought that was quite clever as well. But again, that's the sort of one-way process thing where you can't unscramble it, but it's it's obvious when you've got the right key to get there. So, okay. Anyway, I've got one other thing we can mention, but it will be a closing down thing, really. Yeah, so, um, and indeed, we we are coming towards the end. Um, um, we could end does the, on does what the closing I've got down, here. Does the closing down thing involve all of us? Yes, it's a sort of quiz, actually. Um, so we, we, we need to bring this to some, well, not just some sort of conclusion, but a conclusion. Um, can anyone help me out? Uh, I've got nothing. Uh, Nick? No, well, I've I've got a suggestion here, which is, if you want to know what are ungoogleable things, the number one place to go is Tip of My Tongue, which is one of my favourite subreddits. I try and I try and uh, take part in that when I can, and it's where you go to type you type in uh, you know a question, which is like, uh, what's the name of this nineteen seventies TV program? where there was like a puppet which was made out of a stick and he had a dog. And uh, then people will try and give you the answer and you'll say, give them a mark. You say solved and you get a point if you get the answer right. Okay, so I've got about 30, 30 points. And the answer actually is the proper answer that they give. They, they're not just toying with you. stopping them cheating. And occasionally you do suspect that they're just saying no to everything just sure. to, to troll people. But in general, people are in there in good faith. But what I've, I've got the top, I've got the top, the top four, mm. right, uh, of all time. So the most upvoted ones of all time, cool. okay? Things that are ungoogleable. I'm going to slay you guys at this Okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, so first of all, this one you sort of have to know. But again, you can see how this knowing, being able to type this question does not enable you to get the answer in Google. But a literary term used to describe the idea that mentioning French fries in your fiction story implies the existence of France. For example, in Lord of the Rings, when the orcs say looks like meat's back on the menu, boys, it implies they know what a menu is. So the kind of implications, does anyone know what the term is for that? for the literary term for that. Ooh. Um, let's pause for a moment. Let's just take our time. See, so you can come up with examples, but it's very hard to Google that and find. So there is a term for when you do yeah, that. Yeah, it's not. You wouldn't You wouldn't guess it, to be honest, unless you knew it. It's just okay. a good example of that kind of hard to... You might know, mm, you know yeah, lots yeah. about this thing, but you can't I flipping think find if you had term. time, you could Google it, but thinking of how to Google it yeah. is a challenge in itself. So the answer is orphan etymology. Now, they get a bit easier now. Orphan etymology? Orphan etymology, yeah. So why this, is it called orphan etymology? Here's one, here's one question. Because there's no parent 
etymology mm. for the word to come from. Thank you, Tom. Um, so this one, this is another high, high rated question. Do, 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 do song. I would associate it with a sort of seafaring style, if that makes any sense. It's also pretty fast paced with the following taking four to five seconds to play through. Do, 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 do. What's that song? But hold on. So do the do's just represent a do or does the do rep what does the do represent that is as written i've read it out as written okay. the, with, with right. the do 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 being short ones and do do being the long ones yeah uh i don't know is it what should we do with the drunken sailor no but astonishingly this was solved <laughs> the answer is the hornpipe and actually if you have the hornpipe in your head and you go do 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 just had a wrist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. You know, that's actually the second time that uh, that I've heard them described as hand ankles. Right. Once a friend of mine did it. Completely tried to style it off and just kept talking as though he hadn't just called wrists hand ankles. Yeah. And the rest well, of us what's wrong went, with ankles? Ankles ought to yeah. be. Foot yeah. wrists. As an aside, uh, in Portuguese, or certainly in Brazil, um, these, are your, these are your hand fingers. Yeah. And those are your feet fingers down there. Awesome. Right? Cool. So the last one, which is quite actually makes quite a good sort, sort of makes quite a good pub, pub quiz question in itself. This is clearly someone who'd drawn a blank, and it says, uh, "Tip of my tongue, a profession." What's I'll read it verbatim. Mm. What was that profession called? The one that had something to do with massacing, and it sounded like a dinosaur. <laughs> <clears throat> something to do with massacing, whatever you think that might be, and it sounded like a dinosaur. And the answer is really good. You'll know if you get it. Uh, um, is it like? Being a chiropractor. Yes, the answer's <laughs> chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more that a chiropractor sounds like a dinosaur. A chiropractor. Okay. Yeah. I was always trying to go for you'd make dinosaur-like oh, sounds. Oh yeah, no. So it's wow. yeah, massage, and it sounds that like you're a, a dinosaur. So anyway, those I think that's that's a place to go if you want to find ungoogleable things. Yeah, I like that. But it just makes you think that that's to do with Greek. That's why that one, because the guy was getting mixed up because I a lot of, well, I have a lot of dinosaur names of Latin rather than Greek. So Sorry, but chiropractor sounds like a dinosaur. Yeah, if yeah, you can have a velociraptor, you can have a chiropractor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in crosswords, the, the reason, a crossword clue, a cryptic crossword clue especially, is ungoogleable currently because um, cause it's designed to, it's designed. It's like those things. It it gives you a definition and asks you for the mm. for the word. So you're given a definition, and you want, and you need to work backwards to the word. If you can search the dictionary for the definition, you, you, which kind of Google gives you that option, then then you can get um, then you can get the answer, and you can type into Google, you know, a crossword clue, something or other. And it'll give you a bunch of, it'll give you answers. It, it, and so it's ordinary non-cryptic crossword clues. You can just kind of Google yeah. them. And it probably won't be that long, although it's hard, for computers to be able to solve cryptic clues. I, I agree. There'll be AIs challenge. to solve them, but I don't think they'll be Googleable. But You'll they, definitely need to develop an AI to do yeah, it. They're, yeah, they're working on it. Sorry, Fraser. We need to stop. Mm. Okay. Uh, although I think it's interesting at the, at the moment that I felt was a natural conclusion that the person who sets puzzles and is quite tenacious with um, hunting down information kept going. Um, 
Chris. So, <laughs> but um, so, so so we need to stop. We need to stop. Okay. Um, do we want to finish off anything? Yes. Go for it. Well, you've got to have the question. You've got to have your question. Yeah. We. Yeah, I'm all psyched for this. question. Um, I, I don't I, always have. I'll a tell question. you what your question is. Tell me what my question is, <laughs> so that I can answer it. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> this is you're doing a me. <laughs> yeah, your question. Is, I always then change the. Yeah, go on. Your question yeah. is, what, you know, what is your favourite quiz question? Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure that it is, but anyway, um, <laughs> I shall indulge you. Um, before I do, actually, I'll try and make this quick. Has anyone, apart from Chris, has anyone set a quiz themselves? Like, yes. uh, like a pub quiz, right? I have, I think, only once in a pub context. It was a total disaster because I, I, I was not in the UK. I'm not going to say where I was, but I was. A lot of the people in the audience were a lot thicker than I than I had realised, and so what I felt were quite simple questions were actually way beyond a, a lot of people in the room, and they really weren't that difficult. And so it almost turned into a, like a, 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 not a riot, but I mean, it got a bit unpleasant, you know, because some people were getting bored and listless. Um, and like violent. our listeners probably. <laughs> Get to the point. That was the quiz that I set. Right. I pitched it too high. You two? Wait, are we doing Chris's question? We are, we're coming question? to that in a second. Yeah, your favorite oh, question. Um, I've, your favorite I set a couple of question. pub quizzes in the sort of student bar at university. Uh, and I've done a couple, couple of the classic lockdown pub quiz on Zoom with, with friends. Um, I probably pitched them a little too hard, but I try to mix in easy questions as well so that everyone can at least get yeah. some answers and feel satisfied. Yeah, makes sense. Good approach. Uh, Nick, anything to say about the quizzes that you... No, not not really. Although just going to things where you feel like there might be a... Um, you can sort of guess. Um, I did a quiz round about the Holy Roman Empire. For, it was during, during Zoom, mm. the Zoom quiz period. Mm. One of the questions was... Uh, I think now I might get this wrong, but uh, Fre Frederick the First, mm. who was one of the early Holy Roman emperors, who was a wise and kingly man with a with a long red beard, is now known primarily by a different name. Mm. What is that name? I know. Can I say? Or are you? Do you want to have a guess? Is it's, it? Is it? Does it mean red beard? Yeah. Yeah. It's, then I then I can guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go, go for it. It's Barbarossa. Yeah. But I, I mean, again, that's one of those things where, you know, it's sort of you it's could a good guess question. it. You could guess it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit obvious. No, but it's not. Kind of... It's almost like a. Yeah, it's not a total guess though, is it? And that's that nice kind of partial mm. sort of thing. I like that. So yeah, let, well look. So, Chris, what's the favourite? Your no, we'll come to you last actually. Tom, um, your favourite ever quiz question. Um, so one of the, my favourite quiz questions that I've done in a pub quiz was a music round question. I think this fits with the theme of being ungoogleable because often it's just a snippet of the beginning, hard to Google. Um, and it was TV show themes. Uh, and I'd never heard it before, but I thought to myself, oh, this has got kind of, you know, action-y vibes. I, I could picture this with like a helicopter in the background. So I guessed Airwolf. I've never watched Airwolf, but it was Airwolf. Uh, and we got the points and we won the pub quiz that day. So... I'm very proud of that one. Nice. Does it go do diddle do diddle do 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 But you know, you can you can straight out a helicopter that one. Yeah. It feels feels choppery. Probably by Mike Post. He wrote every action theme of the Thankfully that wasn't part of the question. No. Let's keep going. Can we use your your one your Barbarossa one? That's your favourite one. Yeah, done that. Yeah. Go on. Um I I can't be bothered with mine. Um Chris. 
Okay, how about how about this is this is Jamie's one. Which country has the most penguins? Ooh. Who's Jamie? He's my son. Ah. South Africa. Tom's going South Africa. I thought it might be Argentina. Nick's going Argentina. So my initial thought was Argentina, but this is going to be a trick question. It is. You're right. I'm going to say... Trick question and it's fun. Yeah. I'm going to say United States of America. Uh, or, uh, so none of you are right, and the answer is Great Britain. Yeah. Really? Is, is it something it, to do with is South zoos Georgia? or something? Because of because exactly because of the um, oh, because really? of the uh, islands because of some islands near um, South Sandwich Islands. And... Well, in particular, uh, the Falklands Islands, oh, for the, no. the Falklands, and um, some. Uh, some islands near. I don't think yeah, they're yeah. technically part of Great Britain, though. Well, um, they're an overseas. I'm going to move on anyway. Yeah, right, I can see that. I can, there are no, yeah, you can argue with me. I can but see I'm not going to back down on that one. Hunted look in the yeah. quiz master's eyes. <laughs> no, because um, that's that's another way of making a thing ungoogleable. By the way, an answer is an answer, and that's the correct answer. And if people are going to argue with you, yeah. then they're not going to get any points. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good point to cut this all off. Okay, very good. Uh, fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Uh, went on a while, but I think we—I think that was a good one. Let's stop there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser Muguru. We've been here with Chris Lear, Tom Spence, and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.